Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds in the studio on a Wednesday morning. So the Kansas City Chiefs front office yesterday were busy, busy bees. Said hello to one and goodbye to another. Uh, Where do you want to start first, Melvin or LDT? Let's let's start with Melvin because I'm a little bit surprised that the Chiefs uh, reached out to get him. They had the chance to get him this summer. They held several negotiations with the guy at big meetings it was talked about, and they could not come to an agreement. Money. Money talks. Look at the deal. They only owe him, what, a little bit under 600000 for the rest of the no, year? It's, it's Steelers, Steelers have to eat his salary. And they get a six-round draft yeah. next year. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that uh, they, I guess the Chiefs have figured they do need more help on the pass rush. Is he going to be a help? He wasn't getting it done with Pittsburgh. They're uh, willing to let him go. They play the Chiefs later on this year. And here's Ingram, who is an outstanding all-pro star in his days with the Chargers. But I really think that's uh, that's a personal opinion, but I really think his better days are beyond him. However, maybe for half a season, he can be some help. It would be nice to see if he comes over to uh, Kansas City with a chip on his shoulder, especially when we face the Steelers in the last part of the season. He'll definitely, I'm sure, have uh, something to say going after old Ben. Maybe. Well, hopefully. The uh, other end, uh, Laurent Duvarnay-Tardif, I'm, I'm not surprised, but by the same token, kind of saddened because here's a guy who gave it all for Kansas City. He has opted out last year because he is a physician to uh, spend his time and his energy and his knowledge in helping to eradicate COVID and helping with COVID patients in Canada. He is a Canadian. Now he's going to end up with the New York Jets. We speculated on Ned Talk last week. Where is this guy? Mm-hmm. He's healthy. He's got you know, had a hand injury, but he's certainly fine now. You can play with a hand injury, but that's why. He wasn't fitting into the scheme of things. Yeah, and uh, also a bigger, bigger picture was cap space. They needed to alleviate some cap space, and getting him dumped off was definitely going to alleviate some cap as space. As crude as it might be, these are salary dumps. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly what that they is. They did get a tight end, a kid named Dan Brown, who has been around now for a number of years. He's not a big name, but he's a kid who is perfectly capable, he's 6'5 and you know, 250, somewhere around there, and has been with several NFL teams. So he just might fit a vacancy they have at tight end. Uh, I've never felt like the Bell kid, Blake Bell, has been getting things done at all. He, uh, he's more of a blocker than anything else, and that's you'll see him in there and I'll kind of alleviate Kelsey at times, but yeah, it's, it's mainly a blocking tight end situation, so... Uh, goodbye, LDT. Thanks for serving the red and gold, my man. Um, really good stuff for Mizzou. Tigers are visiting the number one team <laughs> in the nation Saturday. Uh, obviously, I'm being sarcastic because it's not going to be a good day for Tigers fans. Yeah, it can't be. Well, <laughs> there are stranger things that have happened. Uh, the other day, who, who was it? Who got, oh, Penn State. Yeah. Penn State got upset by Illinois, but that's a different level. This is Georgia and Missouri. That ain't going to happen. And Georgia is only a 37 and one half point favorite. That now, this is this you gonna is, take that one? Uh, no, because no, <laughs> no. I can see I can see Georgia going out to a big lead and then kind of taking their foot off the pedal. Why fool with these guys? Yeah, there's no point in risking injuries. Here's here's Missouri, which had to struggle to beat uh, Vanderbilt last week, and Vanderbilt's the poorest team in the division, and Missouri's not much above that. And I don't mean that to be facetious or sarcastic. Facts are facts, ladies and they gentlemen. Are. They are. Uh, so, 37 and a half point favorite. No, I'm not going to play it, but Georgia <laughs> should win rather handily. <laughs> yeah.
And they're probably going to do a couple big pushes in the beginning and then, hey, you want a chance to play? Get on out there. Uh, last but not least, are you surprised that the Dre Lady Panthers didn't receive the nod for first place in the nation in uh, yesterday's tiny poll? Tiny little bit, but then again, it is so close. The first poll came out yesterday. I really thought Drury would be number one. They aren't. The defending national champs, Lubbock Christian, the team that beat them last year for the championship and has beaten them a couple years in a row, is the number one, but Drury's very close in second place. It's, uh, it's a tight race. And if both teams continue to play well, that's probably going to be, uh, be the way it ends up. And our friends up north in Warrensburg, they're very highly ranked. They're among the top ten in the country. Wow, so some pretty healthy competition there. And uh, Panthers are going to play Lubbock Christian again, probably. I think they probably will <laughs> somewhere in the championship round. They yeah, play. I think it's going to happen again, and hopefully the Panthers can get a dub against them. You know, I'm sure you've been in this game long enough to know that it's about a 50-50 shot. When you're right... And when you're wrong, the level of baseball is so much different from its competitive aspect than football and basketball. Yeah. There, you're relying on a lot of physical presence. Not that you don't in baseball, but when you get into a momentum and rhythm, it's more, I think, pronounced in football and in hockey and in basketball as opposed to baseball. Baseball, the secret is pitching. And if you have the pitching, you're usually going to win. And the Atlanta Braves had that. I really thought Houston would solve them back home. I knew Atlanta didn't want to go back to Houston, and they did, and come out with Max Freed as their starting pitcher. And here's Freed, who really struggled in his first couple of postseason appearances. He'd been banged around pretty hard, but he wasn't last night. Through six shutout innings, <laughs> Jorge Soler, former Kansas City Royal, former Chicago Cub. I've always liked the guy. Why these teams get rid of him, I don't know. But the Braves picked him up at the trade deadline. Bango, three-run homer that still might be going. <laughs> Landed in Ned's backyard he, last he night. He hit that ball out of Houston. <laughs> My goodness sake, and the minute it left the bat, you could, uh-oh, there she goes. Three-run shot, and that was it. Uh, Atlanta never looked back, and they go on to win 7 to nothing, and they are the world champions of baseball. It's really an amazing story, too, because on uh, August the 6th, they were under, they being Atlanta, under, under 500. 500. Yeah. They were under 500. They had been very, very fortunate for them that they played in the National League East which is uh, Philadelphia, New York, Washington, Miami, and Atlanta. And none of those teams, other than Philadelphia, ever posed a great challenge to them. So they suddenly get hot with these transfers they have, and not transfers, but these signees and trade deadline people, Adam Duvall, and here's uh, Solaire in there, and they had Eddie Rosario and people like that. They all got them at midseason, actually more than midseason, late season. They're additions to the club, and that propels them onto a world championship Hey, don't sell that trade deadline short. You can get well real quick. If you got a good front office that believes in what's going on, you do. And uh, those guys in the Atlanta front office definitely deserve a vacation and a nice big bonus check. Well, they, they'll get it. <laughs> they are. So the uh, season comes to a close in Houston last night. And I guess congratulations to Braves. When's uh, spring training start? Spring training will be starting in the latter part of February, we hope. Now, all of it depends on the contract negotiations and so forth. The contract comes to an end. This is the basic agreement between the owners and the players. comes to an end, I think it's midnight on December the 1st. That's December 1st into December 2nd. It uh, evaporates then. Then what does baseball do if they don't have a signed contract by then? Do the owners shut down the game? If they do, that means everything gets put on hold. There's no signings of players. There's no free agents going around. No trades to be made. And spring training is put on hold, too. Now, you do have 
December and January and early February to work things out. But the way these idiots try to put together these <laughs> contracts, I'm, I'm just appalled at the lack of wisdom with these people. So but, we all know what uh, Ned's going to be asking for Santa for Christmas is a signed contract between the owners and players in Major League Baseball. All right, just one thing. I'll make sure I can I'll, I'll get it to the man and hopefully he can make it happen. Uh, college football bowl rankings are out. Now we're looking at the playoffs. I can't believe it, but we are. And uh, how are things looking? The way this works now, these are the official rankings. So the top four teams, the top four teams are the ones who will compete in the semifinals and finals for the national championship. Already talked about Georgia. They are the number one team in the country. And who's right behind them? You bet. The Crimson Tide of Alabama. So it's Georgia, Alabama, Michigan State and Oregon. So those four teams, if the playoffs were to start today or tomorrow, those are the four teams that would be in it. Now, down below that, then you have the other bowl games, the Rose and the, the Sugar and other key bowl games as such. But in this case, these are the four teams that would be in the playoffs. If, if it were to start, it won't. Now, these, these rankings will come out every week now for the next month until I think it is... November the 21st, I think, is when it, the final ones are. And those rankings then are the ones that go to the playoffs. Be set in stone, you think uh, Michigan State's going to hold on? Don't know. I don't I don't have a lot of confidence in the uh, Big Ten Conference. Ohio State is right behind them. Yeah, they are. And uh, this, is, this is really interesting. And Oregon, Oregon is in there. And Oregon beat Ohio State this year. First game of the season in Columbus, uh, Ohio. So this is really an interesting uh, dichotomy of teams that you have in there. I'm, I'm anxious to see what happens. I don't think the first two are probably going to change, but the last two probably could. We'll see. There might be some shuffling going the on only, here in the next the few weeks. The only way Alabama and Georgia will change, and it will happen, when they play for the Southeastern Conference Championship, which they do. That's, yeah. that's how it ends. That they play in Atlanta, and I believe it's on maybe the second Saturday, or first Saturday, I should say, in December. That's when they play, and certainly those two will be the top teams. Georgia's in the east, Alabama's in the west, and they don't play each other during the regular season. Yes, there is a crossover between west and east, but depends on how the schedules work out. Missouri, for instance, uh, plays Arkansas and Texas A&M from the western uh, part of the conference. Arkansas is on there every year. And they also played another team, and I've forgotten who that is, and maybe hasn't played them yet. But over and above all that, they do play each other. Georgia didn't play Alabama this year, but they will play probably for the championship. That's going to be probably one of the best games of the season. Uh, last but not least, Chiefs-Packers. Uh, this is going to be, I know we've said this for several games this season, Bills game, Chargers game, hell, even the Titans game. These are going to be tests for the team. They've been tested a lot. Uh, this is probably going to be one of the final times they're going to have an opportunity to right the ship. If they can beat the Packers at home, they can send a message that not all is lost. You can't lie down, though, because you'd have the Dallas Cowboys in Well, there. yeah, of course. You've got a lot more in the season, but at the same time, if they don't look good against the Packers, I'm, I'm, it's giving me a lot of cause for concern for the well, remainder of the this season. Well, this will be a big test for them. The New York Giants were a test for them, but then again, they're the Giants, and maybe from a psychological standpoint, the Chiefs, knew that they could beat this team and maybe took their foot off the pedal. Almost didn't work, but did get the 20-17 to 17 win. Green Bay has been off since last Thursday. That's when they played. They're getting healthy now. Aaron Rodgers is one of the all-time greats. 
sure, they can be beaten, and the Chiefs are a one-and-a-half-point favorite going into this game. That really is because they're playing an arrowhead. It would be vice versa up in Green Bay. But how the Chiefs behave, does the addition of uh, Melvin Ingram, does that help out? The addition of Dan Brown at tight end, can the Chiefs get healthy? Can they get Clyde Edwards-Hilaire back in there? There are a lot of factors involved here, and the one is that the Packers are pretty doggone good. Yeah, they are. It's going to be a tough, tough matchup, but we'll uh, let the tension rise as we get closer and closer to Sunday. Ned, you have a great day.